Well, it's good to see y'all here this morning. Uh, you know, today we celebrate Memorial Day. And uh, this being Memorial Day, you know, a memorial is more or less, it's, it's a remembrance. It's a remembering of a loved one, of something that someone has done in our life, that maybe someone has done something that has changed your life. And when we have certain people in our life, we don't ever want to forget them. We want to remember them, keep them fresh in our thoughts and in our hearts. You know, we've had a lot of servicemen that have died for this country. And we need to always remember them. We have police officers out there that are dying today for us. You know, if you get a chance and you meet a police officer or a soldier in your bouts, shake their hand. Tell them thank you for what you do for this country, what you do for me. You know, I have had that opportunity to walk up to a police officer and just say, I'd just like to take a moment and say thank you for what you're doing, for the sacrifices that you make. When that police officer himself leaves that house that morning, he don't know if he's going to see his family that evening or not. He's out here for us. And we need to thank him. Oh, it's just like anybody else. They're saying, oh, the police officers, they're, they're sorry, they're corrupt, they're no good. You're going to have police officers that are bad, but you're going to have a whole lot more that are good. That they're there for us. You know, I, I think that, just think about it. What would you, people trying to defund the police officers. What are they going to do then when there is no police officers? What are you going to do? We better stop and think, and any time that they want to defund the police officers and take away our safety and our protection, they're voting for themselves. Because if they were moral people, they would not want to do this. So we have to be careful and give the officers, give our soldiers, if you run into a soldier on the street, he's in a uniform, you know he's a soldier, thank him. Thank you for what you do. I appreciate it. You don't realize how much that will mean to that police officer or to that soldier. But you're, you're, you're recognizing what they do for us. And we need to do that. And uh, <clears throat> today, I, like I said, it, 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 it's a time of remembrance. And that's what I would like to look at this morning is a time of remembrance. And there's someone I want us to look at that's worth remembering for everything that he has done, and that's Jesus Christ. Have you ever just thought about everything that Jesus has done, how he died for us, how much he loved us, and still loves us? And the suffering and the shame and the humiliation and everything that he went through to keep you out of hell. A lot of people don't believe in hell. 
I say, oh, that's just a scare tactic. You're just trying to scare me into, in, into you know, your religion. I said, if I thought that would work, I'd certainly use that. Hell is as real as heaven. Matter of fact, if you look in the New Testament and read, just go to your index or and look. Jesus spoke more on hell than he did heaven. He wanted to make sure that we understood what hell was, what hell was like, and there was no escaping hell if you got in it. The only way you're going to escape hell is before you ever get there. Once you make it there, that's it. There was a, there was a pastor, and he said, I never want to go to hell because there is no exit signs there. There's no way out. It's eternal. It's forever. And that's one reason that Jesus came, was to keep us, to tell us about it, show it to us, show us his love, and how to escape hell, how to miss it. And he did it simply through love. Like I said, he taught more on uh, hell than he did heaven. Heaven's a beautiful place. We can read over in Revelations about heaven, how beautiful it is. But then we see hell. And it's a lake of burning fire of sulfur. Have you ever seen sulfur burn? You can't already put it out. It burns and it burns and it burns and it will continue to burn. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Because I don't want you to go there. That's why I came. That's why I did what I did. That's why I died for your sins is to keep you out of hell. And, you know, it's hard for me to believe that somebody could love us so much as what Jesus did to do all that he did. You know, the person who gave the most to free and save mankind was Jesus Christ. Just think of all the stuff that he did and how he saved us. He gave his life so that all men and women could be free from sin, free from judgment, and free from a burning hell. Jesus did that for us. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Now, this is God's love for us. Listen. God commended his love toward us in while that we were yet sinners. He sent his son through his love while we was yet sinners. He didn't wait for us to be good. There is no way we could be good. But he sent his son to die on that cross for us. It said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we was in our sins, he died for those sins. Much more than being now justified by Christ's blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What's he, what, what do you mean saved by wrath? One day there will be a judgment and God's wrath will be poured out on all the ungodly, all those who did not believe in his son Jesus Christ. And we call that the tribulation period. There's going to be seven years of that. Three and a half years. The first three and a half years are not as bad 
But once we get past that first three and a half years, you don't even want to be around. We, we see the seals. We see the trumpets. We see the bowls. We see them, those angels pouring out God's judgment upon a wicked, sinful world. And the things that you read over in Revelations, they're terrible. But God's telling us what is going to happen. What is, he's warning us ahead. That's what Revelation is. Revelation, it, it just, it just uh, is telling us what is going to happen. He gave John a beautiful picture, clear of what's going to take place. See, John was the only disciple that lived to be an old man. All the rest of them died. Very terrible and horrible deaths. But God had a purpose for John. And that was to write the book of Revelations to give us a warning of what was coming and for us to change now while we can so that we can pass and escape hell. So we can escape that tribulation period. And uh, Jesus made the greatest sacrifice anyone ever made for mankind. Can y'all think of, you remember that it said that, that he was falsely arrested, made up stuff, he was beaten, he was mocked, severely thrashed with that cat of nine tails whip. They said that, that when they beat Jesus with that whip, it had pieces of rock, bone, different things in the tips of those straps. They said that they beat him so bad that they exposed his insides. You can see his insides from all the cuts and the scars on his back. That's how much they beat him. That's how hard they beat him. He didn't try to get away. He went through it all for you and me. Just like that song we sang a while ago. We owed a debt we could not pay, and he paid a debt that he did not owe. He didn't owe that, but his love was so strong. He said, Father, I will go do this. This, you know, when all this stuff was happening, it wasn't like it was a big surprise to Jesus or God. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew. But yet, he still did it. Knowing the suffering, the pain, the agony that he was going to go through, but yet, he says, Father, I'll do it. I love them too much. He said, I will do it so they don't have to. Do you realize he took our punishment? He took our persecution so we wouldn't have to? A lot of, I want to say something here right fast. I heard a pastor talking. And he said, a lot of people say, well, I'm being persecuted. If you are born again Christian and you've accepted Jesus Christ, no, you are not being persecuted. You're being disciplined. If you stop and think, Christ took our persecution 
upon himself on the cross. He took our persecution. We're not being persecuted. We're being... It, it, it just said that, you know, we are being disciplined. God is disciplined. Just like a loving father would discipline a child when they are not doing what they should be doing. No, Jesus took the persecution. We're going to take discipline. But now, if you have never accepted Christ and you have not believed in Christ, yes, you will be persecuted. But if you know Jesus, he already took it for you. It's just disciples. Excuse me. He's just being disciplined now. Anybody ever been disciplined by your parents because you did something that they told you don't do that? See, that's what God's doing. He's telling us, he said, don't do that. That is sin. And if you do it, I'm going to have to reprimand you. I'm going to have to discipline you. You know, my dad told me several times, don't do that, and I did. But after about a couple times, I'd never do it again. Because he, he didn't do it to persecute me. He did it to, to, to help me. He didn't want me to do it anymore. He didn't want me getting in trouble. He, he did it in love. The things that God does for us, he does it in love. Look at all his son went through to help us to get through this world and get through this life so that we can have eternal life. That's why he came. Just think about it. You know, like I said, he was mocked, beaten, arrested falsely. Uh, they got him there. They said they pulled his beard out by the roots. They said that his face was so battered from all the blood, from pulling his beard out and all swollen, he said he was very, you couldn't hardly recognize him. They spit on his, in his face. They beat him with clubs. He was so bruised and so battered that he was almost unrecognizable. But yet, he still did what he did for us. He still went to that cross. After all this beating, humiliation, and everything else, they then nailed him to the cross, did everything they could to humiliate Christ in front of man. You know, as Jesus' blood fell to the ground from his wounds, what did he do as he was on that cross? That blood falling to the ground? What did he tell the Father? In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, this is totally compassion for us. It said that, that Jesus prayed and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you know, many of them didn't realize what they were doing. They were lied to, just like we're being lied to about a lot of things. They thought they were doing God a favor by getting rid of this person going around saying he was the son of God. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of them that, that sat there and lying to the people to get rid of Jesus. And many people believed them. Many people are gullible. 
Many of us are gullible today. Some of the stuff we're told and some of the stuff we believe. But can you imagine Jesus nailed to that cross sat there asking his father to forgive man because they did not know what they was doing? Asking God to forgive us for everything that we had already done to him. He said, Lord, Father, forgive them. They don't understand. They don't know. Many people today don't understand and they don't know who Jesus is. It might surprise you. Many people today do not know Jesus Christ. And many people today are getting further and further away from Jesus. They're not even going to come to know him. You know, one of these days they're going to stand before a wrath-filled God. And y'all know who's going to be on the great white throne judgment? You know who's going to be doing the judging? Jesus Christ himself. Many people think it's going to be God. It's not. It's going to be Jesus. In the book of John, it tells us, God said, I judge no man. All judgment has been given unto the Son. All judgment, God has turned over to Jesus Christ. And he's going to be fair. He's not going to hold this stuff against us. But he's going to be fair. He's going to have to be fair to the word of God. He's going to have to be fair to what God's word says. He's going to have to abide by what God's word says. I'll show you in a minute. For those who have never received Jesus Christ, who never accepted Jesus Christ, it's going to be a rude awakening. But just think about it. Everything that Jesus did on that cross, he did for us through love. He did it for us. He, that, you know, just think about it. He was in heaven. He stepped out of heaven. He came to this earth as a small child. Grew up on this earth as a human being to serve his father. To do what his father wanted to do. To come into this world not to condemn the world but to save the world. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. And many of us, we don't... Let me. I'll just ask you something. How many, you don't have to raise your hand or nothing, but how many through the day ever stop and think about Jesus? We get too busy. We get to doing this and we get to doing that. Jesus never enters our mind. But you know, he went through everything that he went through, all the suffering. All the pain, the agony, the humiliation. He went through it. And then listen to this. What does he ask us in return? What does he ask us in return? He asked us to remember that his body was broken for us on that cross. You know, the first Sunday of every month we do this. I hope it means something to you. But we take communion.
This is the Lord's Supper. This is what Jesus and the disciples took and did before Jesus went to trial, before he was took and taken to that cross. They had communion. They had the last, they call it in the Bible a lot of times, they call it the last supper. Jesus and his disciples shared that. And he shared it for a reason. Just like we share it for a reason. We don't come in here, eat a little cracker and drink a little cup of juice because we're hungry. We come in here to honor, to remember, to give a memorial to Jesus Christ. The memorial simply means to remember, a remembrance. You know, we do a, a lot of times when, when a person passes and goes on to heaven, we have a memorial service for them. Talk about them. Remind you of that person. What kind of a person they was. Their love for God. Their love for family. We need to be thinking about God's love for us through Jesus Christ and what Christ did for us. Jesus asks us to remember him when we take the bread and we, at the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians 11.24, I read this every Sunday that we take communion, the first Sunday of every month. It says, and when he, Jesus, had given thanks, given thanks, who did he give thanks? He gave thanks to Father. He gave thanks to his Father God. And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He's talking about when his body went through all those lashes, when his body was tortured, when they put him on that cross. He said, this body, this body was broken for you. Everything that his body went through was for us. And, and we remember the cross, remember what he went through. We are also remember the blood that he shed on that cross for the forgiveness of sin. And then we take the cup and drink of it. Notice here, it said here in 1 Corinthians 11.25, this comes right after, right after the bread. It says, after the same manner, after taking of the bread, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drank of it. Do it in remembrance of me and what I did for you. Do it in my remembrance. Do it because of what I did for you, how I showed you my love. You know, I love that song. And he could have called 10,000 angels. And he could have, but he didn't. He could have avoided the cross, but he didn't. He could avoid all that shedding of blood, but he didn't. Simply because he knew that without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sin. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was without spot and he was without blemish. Remember, 
whenever they had to bring a lamb to the slaughter to the to be sacrificed in the Old Testament, said it must be a lamb without spot or blemish. Couldn't be nothing wrong with him. Sometimes they said they'd want to bring a sick lamb, a blind lamb, a lamb that they had no use for. Instead of giving God the very best they had, they wanted to give him the very worst they had. We need to give God the very best we got. The very best. Just think about what all he did. You know, when we take communion, this should not be sitting there with our mind on something else. It should be on Jesus Christ and what he did. That's what communion's about. It's not, like I said, it's not about drinking a little cup of juice and eating a cracker. No, this has meaning. Just like whenever Jesus and the disciples took it. They took the bread and they took the wine. It all had a meaning just like our communion should have a meaning to each one of us that partake of it. Notice, if, you have, if it has no meaning to you, don't take it. Don't take it. If it doesn't mean anything, don't take it. The consequences could be very severe. When we take of that communion, and it means nothing to us, Many are sick and many sleep. It says to examine yourself before you take it. It needs to have a very, very special meaning before you take it. Because when we take it, we're remembering what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. Remember how he saved us. His shed blood. How he saved us from our sins by shedding his blood. Getting on that cross. Taking all those lashes. Everything he did was for us. None of it was for him. Just think about a perfect God stepping out of heaven to come and die. That's what he did. Whenever we take the Lord's Supper, it is a memorial to the Son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Your sins, my sins, all sins. If we will confess those sins to God, they're gone. If we will confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. He's made a way for us to come to him. And it's through confession, through faith, through believing. He is who he says he is. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you diligently seeking him? You know what his reward is? Answered prayer. Some of us are going through stuff right now. We've been praying and we've been praying. Ask yourself, when I pray, do I really believe that God's going to do it? 
If you don't think God's going to do it, you might as well not waste your time in His. He says, he who doubts, don't let him think he will receive anything. So this, so this morning and this, I just, I just want to ask you five questions. You need to answer them truthfully. You need to answer them from your heart. You need to examine yourself and see how you would answer this, these questions. First, will you always in your heart remember what Jesus did for you? Will you remember it? Will you thank him? Will you confess him as Lord and Savior and believe he is the Son of God? Number two, will you remember the bloody sweat and the agony of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane? People don't stop and think about what happened in that garden. This was right before he was taken to the cross. He was there with three disciples. They couldn't even stay awake. They couldn't pray. He said, pray, wait out here and pray. And then he went on in so he could have that special time with God the Father. They couldn't even stay awake. They couldn't pray. Jesus went through that by himself. They weren't supporting him. They were not supporting him. And it said those great drops of blood. What caused that? Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to suffer. He knew everything that was going to happen. Most people say, but he's asked to be delivered. He did not ask to be delivered from the cross. He asked, Lord, if it be your will. He said, what he was asking, he said, don't let me be separated from you. They had never, Jesus and his father had never, ever, been separated but when Jesus got on that cross and they poured the sins of the world out upon him what happened God had to turn his face away from his son he could not look upon his own son he was separated from Jesus Christ because all the sin was poured out on him and God cannot look upon sin He'd never been separated from his father. Oh, that's what it was. To be separated from a loving father, he did not want to go through that. He did not want to go through it. But he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Sometimes that's what we need to say. It's not what I want, Father. It's what you want for me. And he only wants the best for you. He only wants the best for you. Number three question. Will you remember 
how Jesus was left all alone to suffer as all the disciples deserted him and ran away. Boy, you talk about sticking close to the Savior now. You know, even Peter, he made that remark. Oh, Jesus, I know they all said in there, Jesus, I would never leave you. I would die for you. Jesus looked at Peter. Peter, you will deny me before the rooster crows three times. Well, Peter didn't believe that. What happened? They got to questioning Peter. They had dinner to Jesus to be tried. Hey, people around there said, hey, I know you. You're one of those disciples. Uh, you, you walk with Jesus. Peter said, I don't know him. I don't know this Jesus. Three times, Peter denied Jesus. Oh, Jesus. oh, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you before I'll deny you. Would we deny Christ? Would you deny Christ? Or would you say, he is my Lord and he is my Savior. I will not deny him. See, later on, that's why the disciples died such terrible deaths. After they knew that Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God, they told those disciples, hey, if you will deny that this Jesus rose from the dead, we'll let you live. They would not deny him. And they died horrible deaths. And I think that happened simply so we could see the truth in who Jesus was. He truly was the Son of God, and these disciples knew it. They said, I would rather die because I know where I'm going to be, and if I deny him, I know where I'm going to be. They wanted heaven, not hell. They wanted heaven and not hell. Would you desert Jesus? Would you deny Jesus? If he was forced into that position, hope every one of us would say I will not deny him he is my Lord, he is my Savior, he is the Son of God and all my faith is in him number four will you remember all his pain and suffering that he went through so you would not have to how many of us think about what he went through probably very few of us Probably when somebody like me gets up here and reminds you, then you think about it. We need to always keep Jesus on our mind. Keep him on your mind and what he did and his love and the goodness and the good things that he wants for you. Number five. Will you remember everything that Jesus did on that cross so you could be forgiven? Can you remember his shed blood? He died so we could have eternal life. That was the only way we could have eternal life. He died for us. He was buried for us to show us the resurrection. To show us the resurrection. He showed us I died, I'm going to rise again. We die. What happens? 
It says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. The moment this body dies, if you're a born-again believer and you believe in Jesus Christ, that spirit goes directly, immediately to be in the presence of God. Your body goes to the ground. It goes to the grave. But what does the Bible say? The body returns to the dust in which it came, but the spirit returns to God who gave it. Two different times you'll find that in the Bible. You find it once in Genesis, and you'll find it once over in Ecclesiastics. I kept wanting to say Ephesians, Ecclesiastics. But we're told. See, this is scripture backing up scripture that when you die and you are a believer, you go immediately into the presence of God. And then one day, when Jesus comes back, that spirit is coming back with him. Your spirit. If you died and you go to heaven, your spirit is coming back with Jesus when he comes back in the rapture. It says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those spirits that he brings back returns back to their body right then and there when they come out of them graves. And those who are still alive will join them and meet Christ in the air to be in heaven for all eternity. You will not die if you're still alive when Jesus comes back and you're born again Christians. You will immediately, your body will go, into, will go to heaven. But something happens. Your body becomes your glorified body. You will have a body just like Christ had. We'll have a body like Christ. It says, for you shall be like him. You shall be like him. You know, the things I've told you, I know that you have heard these things time and time again. Don't tell me how many times you've heard exactly what I've said. But do you believe it? That's the fun thing. Do you believe it? Have you truly thought about all his sufferings and all he went through so we wouldn't have to? Have you ever just sat there and, and, and read the scripture and let it sink into you what all he did? How he suffered so you wouldn't have to. You know, I love that song. When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. He was thinking about you. He wasn't thinking about the pain and the suffering he was going through. He was thinking of why he did it and what it was going to cause. Eternal life for all who believed. He would have done whatever he had to to give us life and to love us. You know, John 15, 13, it makes a beautiful statement about Jesus Christ. It makes a beautiful statement. It says, Greater love has no man than this, 
that he would lay down his life for a friend. He gave it all up. He laid down his life for us. As much he loved us. I'll die for you. And he did. I'll rise again. And he did. So we would know. To show us. You know, after all that Christ has done for you, he saved us from an eternal burning hell. He gave us eternal life in a place, in a paradise called heaven. That's where you're going to spend eternity. Actually, you're going to spend it in, on another planet or whatever. It's called the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem. Earth will be totally destroyed. Peter tells us it'll be destroyed by fire. It's going to be burned up. Well, why would God burn up earth? Why? Because it is so full of filth and sin, God's getting rid of it. In heaven or the new Jerusalem, there will be no sin, no sickness, no death, no pain, no suffering, ever, ever again. It's true. It's gone. It's been destroyed. It's been destroyed because of God's love for us. I don't know, but if you have never received Christ into your life, this would be a real good time to do it. As we sit here and we talk about Christ, and we're talking about that memorial, that remembrance of what he did, if you've never accepted him, this would be a great time to say, Lord, I want you in my life. I want to receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to thank you for everything that you have done. I want to thank you for keeping me out of hell. I want to thank you that now I know without a doubt I'm on my way to heaven. Are you that sure? You should be. You should be sure that you're going to go to heaven. I'm going to give you three scriptures and they have a great meaning. Then I'm, then I'm through. The rest is up to you. If you have not accepted Christ, you need to do that. If you've got something that you need to pray about, I'll be glad to pray with you down front. If you need to, something private, just you between you and God and you and God alone, we've got altars. You can come and kneel at these altars and you can have that very special moment, that very special time with God. He's waiting on you. He wants that time with you. He wants that private, that special Time with you. Just you and God. Nobody else. Nobody else has to know what you and God are talking about. I'm going to ask the band to come up as I'm, as I'm reading these three scriptures. And you've heard them and you've heard them. The first scripture I want to read is John 3.16. It pretty well says everything. For God so loved the world, that world he's talking about is you, that he gave his only begotten son that, so, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus came, to give you everlasting life, to take your sins away. And in verse 17, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world, you, through him, might be saved. He's the only way to be saved. You mean there's no other way? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto me but through the Father. No one comes through the Father but through me, excuse me. I knew that didn't sound right. No, through Jesus is the only route to the Father. No other way. I don't care how good you are, how good you think you are. If you don't have Jesus, hope you've got an asbestos suit. Verse 18. This all runs together. John 3, 16 through 18. He that believes on Jesus is not condemned. He that believes on Jesus will not be judged at the great white throne. You've passed that. But he that believes not is condemned already. If you have not accepted Jesus, you are condemned, you are guilty. There's only one way to reverse this. And that's by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior now. If you don't, you're condemned already until you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If something happens and you die and you've never accepted Jesus, it's too late. It's too late. There's no second chances of accepting Jesus after you die. You do it now. You make that decision now, you will not be able to make the decision after you have died. It has to be before death. But he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Everything that Jesus did was done for us. If you can't accept Jesus and what he did, I tell you, there's a terrible place that awaits you. And you all know where it is. You have to make your decisions right now before death. If you've never made that decision of accepting Jesus Christ, I, I pray that you will do it and not wait until it's too late. And of course, we don't ever know when it's going to be too late, do we? The Bible says that, that we... have what we call sudden death. Sudden death, Bill, what is that? Freak accidents, heart attacks, car wrecks, whatever. They'll take you right now when you least expect it. I preached a sermon one time and I made a comment and it's so true. I got to thinking about that. Probably most of you heard here a few days ago there was four people killed out here on Highway 51 between Springtown and Highway 114. Four people. I don't know if they knew Jesus or not. But think about this. They got up that morning. They got in their pickups to go do what they was going to do. Never thinking that was going to be their last day. Think about it. That, they never thought about it. 
I hope they knew Jesus. I truly hope they knew Jesus. Because if they didn't, they're in hell. And you hate to say that. But I know, I know there's a grieving family. But that grieving family knows, needs to know this too. We are subject to sudden death at any time. If that comes up on you, are you ready? Are you ready? You're the only one that can answer that. I can't answer it. The band can't answer it. Only you can answer that question. Think about it. Be honest with yourself. Because it could be the difference between eternal death and eternal life. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you need to make some decisions, today is the day to do it. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait if you have not accepted Christ.